the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Tuesday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damien Colado. Hey, Damien. Good Happy morning. Tuesday. Yes, yes. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful day again today. You know, it's a blood moon tonight. Yes. Did you know that? I thought, was the eclipse this morning or earlier, like last night, like 3 a.m.? Yeah, you saw it? it? You saw no, it? No, my neighbor saw it. Oh, I, I saw it I coming in. I knew it was happening, though. Yeah, oh, it was cool. really cool. Yeah, biggest, oh. biggest day, as they say. Cool. Yeah going to be a big day today too. go out and vote if you haven't done so already in the meantime we're going to start off like we always do with a prayer uh blessed john duns scottus is our uh saint or future saint of the day and in the name of the father son holy spirit amen grant that enlightened by his example and nourished by his doctrine we may remain faithful followers of christ we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, mm-hmm. Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Blessed John Dunn Scottus, pray for us. I hope I'm saying pray that right. Yes. <laughs> we'll learn more about our saint of the day later on in today's show. Don't forget we're live on our YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com and search Catholic Community Radio and watch us there. Subscribe and click on the bell so every time we go live or post a video, you will get a notification. And join us for the Patriotic Rosary today at 12:30 p.m. Central Time as we pray for our nation. Today is election day. Don't forget to go out and vote. So important and it's also important to pray for our country. So, join us at 12:30 later today. We're starting off with some great guests today. Michelle Collins joins us in six minutes. She is the Dean of the College of Nursing and Health at Loyola University in New Orleans, and she is going to talk about the launching of the Loyola and Ochsner Simulation Lab. This is actually pretty cool, so we're going to go into detail about this. In 18 minutes, Father Edward Looney joins us from the Diocese of Green Bay. He's also a Marian theologian. And he's going to talk about his book called How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. I love hearing these stories. I love just learning more about Mary and uh, just different devotions to her. So looking forward to this conversation with Father Looney. In 35 minutes, Manistrad joins us with a piece with the Dementia Rosary monthly update. He always has some great insights and tips for those who are going through this, whether it's with a family member or a friend. Uh, Matt's a person you definitely want to stay tuned with. And in 48 minutes, Sister Gianna Heinemann joins us. She's part of the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles. And she's going to talk about their new album called Adoration from Carmel, Eucharistic Hymns from the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles, absolutely gorgeous. So looking forward to this conversation and hearing a little bit more. Are we going to hear some of that album? 
I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I <laughs> be a great way to so. get our morning started. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, it really would. <laughs> get, get all those nuns together to sing a little chorus or two for us. In the meantime, it's another sunny day to celebrate. Hard to believe it's November because it sure feels like summer outside. Yeah. High 86, low 66. Those are attempts. It's going to cool down tomorrow. Actually get into the upper 70s will be our high. The lows will drop down into the mid-50s. Uh, but get ready for a cold front coming our way Saturday and Sunday. Highs only going to be in the 50s. The lows going to be in the 30s. Ooh, it's going to start to wow. feel like winter, at least for the weekend. Uh, temperatures <laughs> in and around the area. New Orleans is 73. Home of Thibodeau at 70. And Baton Rouge at 69 degrees. Don't go too far. We have your gospel reading coming your way and some more people we'll be chatting with on a Tuesday morning election day on Wake Up. Good morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 17. Jesus said to the apostles, Who among you would say to your servant who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here immediately and take your place at table? Would he not rather say to him, Prepare something for me to eat? Put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink? You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all you have been commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what we are obliged to do. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. It's eight minutes past the hour. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Claudio. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Community Radio. You're listening to Wake Up, and our first guest today is Michelle Collins. She is the Dean of the College of Nursing and Health at Loyola University in, of New Orleans. And today she joins us to talk about something quite exciting, the launch of the Loyola and Auctioner Simulation Lab. Hey, Michelle, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is so exciting. Of course, uh, I always love, love learning new things about uh, what goes on with different professions, especially our doctors, our medical staff, our nurses. So tell us a little bit about this brand new simulation lab uh, with Auctioner and Loyola. Sure. Happy to. So it's um, nearly 7,000 square feet of what looks like a clinical space. So when we had our dedication, many people said that they couldn't believe that they were on Loyola campus. They felt like they were in a hospital or a clinic setting. So that we achieved our mission. That's exactly how you're supposed to feel when you're in the simulation lab. And we have many different types of mannequins to help with learning the skills that a nurse has to learn. And we have both undergraduate nursing students and graduate nursing students and specialties. So a variety of different mannequins and things that help them learn the skills that they need to be practitioners. Talk about how this uh, can greatly help nurses, especially once they go into a field and have to experience this in real life, you know, when they're actually in a hospital and they're faced with a situation like this, um, how important is it for them to be hands-on with this state-of-the-art technology? Yeah, that's a good point. So when I was in nursing school, we didn't have simulation and I didn't go to nursing school not all that long ago. but. Simulation is fairly blown up in the past 15 years or so. And so we practiced on each other. So when we learned IV starts, <laughs> intravenous starts, we practiced on each other. Um, that's just what you did. 
And so in, in, the, in medical and nursing education, there's always been a mantra called see one, do one, teach one, meaning you watch it one time, watch a procedure one time, you do it the next time, and you're teaching somebody how to do it the third time. And that puts patients in a vulnerable position where they're the ones being practiced on, so to speak. So there's a plethora of research to show that when students practice in simulation, it increases their confidence and it decreases mm -hmm. the medical error rate when they get out and they're actually practicing this with real live patients. That's a little terrifying, practicing on each other. <laughs> um, but that's, uh, <laughs> I love hearing about the simulation lab is also helping people. Let's talk about the national nursing shortage. We've been hearing this for quite some time now. What are you seeing over in the New Orleans area, especially with your students over at Loyola? Um, how has it been going and, and kind of what's the talk with the national nursing shortage? So there was a nursing shortage even before the pandemic. The pandemic really highlighted it and made it worse because many nurses either got sick and left the field, some nurses died as they were caring for COVID patients, uh, and some just got burnt out and left the field. Now, there's a few reasons why there's such a national shortage. And by the way, it's projected to get worse before 2030, and it's going to be worse in the South and the West, which that means us. And so the couple of reasons, uh, the baby boomer generation is aging, they're living longer, so we're dealing with more chronic disease of older uh, patients. We have a shortage of nursing faculty who are qualified. So even though there are many nursing programs in the country, we can't always fill the seats because there aren't enough qualified nursing faculty. And then the average age of the registered nurse in our country is around 51. So in about 10 years, we're gonna have a mass wow. exodus of a number of registered nurses. So the projection is that we need about 250 or so new registered nurses per year in this country just to keep up, just to keep up. So uh, as, as everywhere else in the country is seeing, we're seeing lots of nursing applicants here, uh, qualified applicants coming from all over, people who uh, want to change their careers. We're starting a, <clears throat> an accelerated nursing program in January for those who want to change their career. They've already got a bachelor's mm -hmm. degree in something, whether it's banking or engineering or finance or whatever, and they just take mm -hmm. prerequisites, uh, six prerequisite courses, and then they can jump into our accelerated BSN program, and in 17 months, they come out with a bachelor of science in nursing. Wow, that's amazing. And and thank you so much for that. And a little scary to kind of hear about that shortage, but uh, with all of the wonderful resources at Loyola and of course over in Baton Rouge at Fran U, um, you know, we're we're doing really good. I think we're on a really good path over in in Southeast Louisiana, of course, with all the different hospitals in New Orleans uh, and all the people going into that as well. So Michelle Collins, Dean of the College of Nursing and Health at Loyola University in New Orleans, where can people go to maybe find out more information? about enrollment or if they have any questions for you and they're thinking about joining a, uh, and being a part of the medical team. Sure, they can go to our Loyola New Orleans website and specifically put in nursing and you'll find our nursing homepage. And we have a tra the traditional BSN program that started in fall of 21. So for that's kind of geared towards your high school graduate who wants that traditional mm -hmm. four-year experience with summers off um, and go through to get their bachelor's. And then we have the accelerated program starting. And then we have <clears throat> graduate specialties for those who already are nurses who want to go on and further their career. 
So family nurse practitioner, post-master's family nurse practitioner, we're starting adult gero acute care nurse practitioner in fall of 23, and nurse anesthesia as well. Wow. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us and giving us an update. You're doing great work over there at Loyola. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'll post a link in the comment section uh, on Facebook. Whenever I have the teaser points, you'll see it. It's the first post you see if you go to our Facebook po uh, post today, Facebook page uh, for today's morning show. I'll have it in the comment section. If you have any questions, message us on Facebook and we'll get all of that information to you as well. Or you can call our Batteridge studio. All right. Father Edward Looney joins us when we come back from the break. It is 15 past the hour on Wake Up. Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 8th. Today we celebrate Blessed John Dunn Scotus. Born into a wealthy Scottish farming family in 1266, John entered the Franciscans at 15 and was ordained at 25. He immersed himself in studies at Oxford and Paris. Known for his brilliance and his humility, a rare and noteworthy combination, he distinguished himself at every turn. Dun Scotus became one of the most influential Franciscans and one of the greatest English-speaking philosophers and theologians of his age. An independent thinker, he appreciated the richness of traditions beyond the Franciscans. When the King of France tried to persuade John to side with him in a dispute with the Pope, Dun Scotus refused and was given three days to leave the country. After a brief stay in England, John returned to the University of Paris, where he taught and earned a doctorate degree. His explanation of the concept of Mary's Immaculate Conception, considered controversial at that time, was so convincing that the university adopted it as its official position. Assigned to the Franciscan School in Cologne, John died there in 1308 at age 43. He was beatified in 1993. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. And a happy Tuesday morning to everyone. It is 19 after the hour, and our guest now is Father Edward Looney. He is an ordained priest in the Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin, of the Packers. And he's also a Marian theologian and author of a number of books about our Blessed Mother. He's here to talk about his newest book, entitled How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady, and Father Edward Looney, welcome to Wake Up. Yeah, great to be with you and to wake up uh, as we talk about the faith. Yes, yes. Well, okay, so your book provides 28 stories about men and women who were devoted to Mary. Uh, some are saints, some are not. How did you go about fearing who would be in the book? And I'm sure there's possibly a sequel after this one. Yeah, there could always be more. That, that is correct. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to do was kind of make it a little bit autobiographical in a sense. So 
each one of the people I feature somehow has a connection to my life, whether, you know, it's my birthday saint or, you know, it's someone whose spiritual writings I read and, you know, they had a profound impact on me. So that's why someone might pick it up and they'll be like, well, he doesn't talk about, you know, St. Catherine of Siena or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. And it's not because I don't like Catherine of Siena, it's just that uh, she hadn't had that little impact in my life. So there's all these little connection stories gotcha. uh, that, that bring each of them into the book. And do you incorporate some of your personal uh, devotions as well to Mary within those stories? Or you do a story and then you follow it up? Yeah, I try to anecdotally introduce like my connection with the saint or the holy person uh, kind of as a preface before we begin talking about their life. And, you know, there's one in particular that really has had a profound impact on me, and that was uh, Blessed Solanus Casey. And uh, my mother was diabetic, and she had several toes amputated. was probably going to have her leg amputated. Hmm. And I was reading this biography about Solanus Casey, and he also was going to have his leg amputated, but the next morning they said that he had enough blood flow and he never had that procedure done. So... I decided to start asking Solanus Casey to pray for my mother. And then another thing he did was he always recommended to people to read The Mystical City of God by Venerable Maria of Agreda. And uh, so when I would ask Solanus Casey to pray for me, or my mother, and for that intention, then I would actually read a page or two from The Mystical City of God by Venerable Maria of Agreda. And uh, I never finished it, and so this past year I made a resolution. I'm going to read this 2,500-page, four-volume wow. work uh, by this Spanish mystic. And by golly, I've been doing it, and I'm almost done with it. And <laughs> I've been doing it as a podcast, but really it all goes back to uh, uh, Solanus Casey. I wouldn't have done it if I never would have asked him to pray for my mother. Well, how wonderful is that? And, and asking wow. Mary to, to also intercede for us as well. And and I was going to say, you know, uh, who is this book for? Because to me, Advent is right around the corner. This would be a great book to, to have during Advent. Yeah, that, you know, it's not billed as an Advent devotional. No, no, wasn't insinuating that. Yeah. yeah, but but oh, for yeah. those who, but, who maybe aren't connecting with Mary or haven't had a true connection with Mary, this would be a great opportunity. Well, for sure. And uh, really, you know, Mar- or the season of Advent is a Marian season by its very character, because the way that I always describe Advent is that there was this long Advent of the Jewish people as they waited for the promised Messiah, And then you have Mary's advent of her pregnancy, which is nine months, and she knows that the Messiah is coming, but nobody else except her and Joseph know. And then she waits then for Christmas Day. So uh, the the days of Advent really are these final days and weeks of Mary's pregnancy in which she brings forth the promised one. So, uh, of course, spending that time with Our Lady and learning more about her and deepening our devotion to her through various different devotions is always a good thing to do and advent is one of those seasons that kind of we set aside for those purposes yeah yeah and i know you didn't write it with that intent but you some of your other books enlightened journey with mother mary and a, a heart like mary i i just felt like for some reason uh and, and this your book's been out what since uh, april or may is that right 
Uh, yeah, it came out in April, right before the Marian month. Okay, and uh, let's talk a little, dive into the book. What? How is your book set up? Besides stories, you also have uh, prayers that go along with that toward the end of the book, correct? Yeah, so there's an appendix with some of the prayers uh, mentioned. For example, there's one day of the little office of the Blessed Mother. So, again, going back to Solanus Casey, he had a strong devotion of this little office, which is kind of like the bravery that priests and nuns pray, and deacons and so forth, but uh, a little different with a Marian kind of uh, flavor to it. So uh, it's been around for a very long time, uh, but each day really gives, you know, after we talk about this is how this individual loved Mary, well then uh, this is how I can love Mary. And so there's certain suggestions, like maybe this is a Marian devotion you've never tried, or this is what you can try to do uh, in the spirit of, you know, whoever it might be, whether it's Padre Pio, for example. So Padre Pio had a great devotion to, like, thinking of Mary while at Mass and Mary's presence at Calvary. And so maybe next time we go to Mass and we kind of have that thought of uh, Padre Pio in mind and, and we think about Mass and experience Mass uh, in a different way because of that. Yeah, well, give our listeners uh, a little, few more ideas about the book and and some of the uh, saints and non-saints that are in it. For example, in the first chapter, caught my eye. Every saint is devoted to Mary in some way, and that's Saint Damien of Molokai. Uh, he he's a he's got a special connection with you, doesn't he? Yeah, so he's actually my birthday saint, so that's why he's number one right out of the gate. <laughs> and, you know, there's kind of that encouragement that I give people to look up who's the saint that's celebrated on your birthday. And for me, of course, I wished that Damien of Molokai would have written a treatise on the Blessed Mother or whatever, but when I read his uh, biography and when I read his life and letters, because he wrote these letters to his family throughout the course of his missionary journey, uh, there were these references to Mary. So... So basically, every saint has a Marian devotion, even if it's not overt or very, you know, like in your face, but yet he still had a devotion to Mary. And that's kind of the encouragement, I think, for all Catholic believers, is to have some devotion to Our Lady. Uh, it doesn't have to be a zealous one like mine, but it can be, you know, present somehow in your life. So I, I feature some of these very prominent saints, too. You know, I mentioned Padre Pio or St. Mm-hmm. Therese of Lisieux. So they're saints you've heard of, but I also, in my life, have come across unknown saints, you know, uh, holy men and women who aren't yet saints, who are on the process, and I really want to introduce people to them as well. And uh, one of them, uh, I went to school at Conception Abbey in Missouri, and uh, there's a monk there, Father Lucas Etlin, who at one time had a cause for sainthood. I would love to see his cause rejuvenated and reinvigorated and he's a great apostle he was called an apostle of the eucharist for his eucharistic devotion to the eucharistic revival maybe you know my hope of that might happen but anyways you know just to introduce people to his life they Mm -hmm. probably never heard of him or mother mary francis from roswell new mexico um there there was also this uh spanish uh religious Carmelite uh, Venerable Teresa Cavedo, and I read her biography about Mary, and it just completely, or her biography and her devotion to Mary, and it just floored me. Like, I was just taken away. 
yeah. by that young person's devotion to Mary. So that's what people will find. Well, that's the beauty of your book. It's not just the saints we're all familiar with. Um, you also have one of the chapters is uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, dedicated and protected by Mary. Boy, do we need protection now in our country more than ever. Yeah, and that's, you know, that started right away from Fulton Sheen's uh, baptism. His mother took him to the altar of Our Lady, offered him, consecrated him to the Blessed Mother. His priesthood, he consecrated to Our Lady. He made that promise. Mm -hmm. Many of your listeners might know this, but I'll celebrate Mass every Saturday in honor of Our Lady. He was a great defender of the Rosary. He was a pilgrim. He went to Lourdes probably 20 or 30 times. I don't remember the exact number. Funny stories about his experience in Lourdes as well, including not having enough money to pay for his hotel bill, and then some American businessman uh, recruiting him to be their tour their tour guide through France, and so he pays for his hotel room. Oh, great. Wow. Well, we are speaking with Father Edward Looney and his new book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of the Devotion of Our Lady. And uh, boy, she is the patroness of our country. We need to be asking her for her intercession, especially on Election Day. And uh, Father, before we depart, we would love to have a blessing from you if we could today. Sure. So through the intercession of Mary, the Mother of God, who obtains grace from God for us, do so for all of you who are listening and for our country on this very special day. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. By the way, where can they pick up your book? I'm sure just about anywhere, but anywhere in particular you recommend? Yeah, it's published by Sophia Institute Press, so it's always good right, to support the, the publisher itself. Also, if you have local Catholic bookstores in your area, you could uh, give them some support, make sure they can keep their lights on, or wherever you buy your books online. Awesome. Father Edward, thank you for being with us this morning on Wake Up. God bless you. Yeah, great to be with you. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Wow. Uh, Great book. I'm going to get it Mm -hmm. because I'm going to use it for Advent. Uh, Yeah, good idea. Yeah, you know, and, and, and even though I pray to Mary and we offer our rosaries up. There's so many other ways uh, yeah. that we can provide devotions to Mary. Maybe next time we have him on, we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, it's already half past the hour on a Tuesday morning on Wake Up. back to wake up 25 before the top of the hour gabby smith damian colada with you along with our guest now matt estrade author and founder of peace with dementia rosary here for a monthly update good morning matt hey damian good morning hey how you feeling brother i'm very blessed very blessed good you know november i I know you're aware but i'm not sure all our listeners know is uh, alzheimer's awareness month uh some special events taking place in and around the area, not only for this month, but even uh, the month ahead. Uh, what, what are some of the things people can do now that the holidays are approaching, Matt, that, that you know, when families get together, what do they need to be aware of, both the caregiver and the one with memory loss, to make sure it's um, low anxiety and, and low frustration and tension? Yeah, yeah, important question to ask. So, the I would I would think that you you want to get back you want to get back to basics and go back to the very core thing of why we get together. So, why is the family getting together? Well, 
we're, we're getting, you know, we're, we're gathering for, for holidays, we're gathering for meals, we're gathering for fellowship. And that's all that really matters. And things may need to be, be changed from previous years. So many families have, um, you know, complex and special uh, traditions. And it may just mean, you know, if, if, if dementia is, you know, in the picture that now, it might just mean rolling back some things, not getting rid of anything, not yeah. canceling anything, but changing things. You know, maybe maybe somebody previously hosted uh, a big Christmas get get together or or Thanksgiving dinner, and maybe it makes sense this year to do something at another person's house. Maybe somebody else will step up and simplify things. Um, also, whereas someone would cook a lot or everybody would cook, maybe maybe everybody pitches in and you get it catered. So you're looking for things where you're still able to do the core thing, which is to get together um, as a family, but you're doing things also uh, making, simplifying things. Mm-hmm. And then also things, might, visits might, might need to be abbreviated um, for that person living with dementia. So it might be, you know, whereas you would spend all eight hours of the day together well, maybe they're just gonna they're gonna come in for the meal a short time, and before they they start getting tired or agitated, you know, it you, they 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 get to they get to leave at that point because it's not enjoyable. And that's not everybody. Some people are able to continue as you know as if, as if there is not a diagnosis. You really just have to look at the situation, figure out what's gonna what's gonna work for the person with dementia, and um, and and like I said, think about what's important. That's everybody gets together. Yeah. You know, I, I have a number of friends whose parents are really getting up in age and they are, they'll ask me every now and then because I've been associated with Alzheimer's services here in Baton Rouge. And they'll always ask me, you know, what are the beginning signs of, of Alzheimer's or dementia? And uh, share with our, our listeners what they kind of need to look for and what to do. The first thing I tell them is if they are confused or say something don't get in an argument with them. That's the the worst thing you can do because they don't know sometimes why they're asking that question, even if it's repeated over and over again. Yeah, that's yeah, very interesting question. And um, and, and before I want to make sure before we uh, before the interview's over, we get to talk about the um, December first presentation. Yes, we're gonna. This is, is going to be one of the first topics that we talk about in that presentation. Is you know what are the signs that you're looking for. Um, so, so first, what, what is what is dementia not look like? What is normal? Um, what is normal aging look like? And that's where you walk into the you walk into the kitchen and you're like, why did I why did I walk in here? I have no idea. And then you sort of retrace your steps, and then you figure out, okay, I came in here to brew a cup of coffee, um, you know, because if you were doing something else and you're like, hey, I'm going to do this now. You walk in the other room. Why am I there? So that happens to all of us. Uh, probably throughout our whole life that mm-hmm. happens to me in, in my 40s mm-hmm. um, so that's that's normal aging that's not anything to be concerned about um, when you when someone perhaps gets turned around driving in a very uh, in their neighborhood or sort of in their in a familiar area they get turned around they get lost uh, they have to call for help something like that or, or somebody's mm-hmm. calling them um, if you are not remembering names, um, and I don't mean immediately because sometimes I, you know, it takes me a moment to remember somebody's name, but if you're like somebody who's very familiar, you should know that, uh, you should know their name because they're family or they're a close friend. If that's a challenge, that's, that's something to be concerned about. 
and when these things start to happen, it's not, it is, can be very troubling. Um, but it just means to me, that just means that it's time to go see your primary care physician and say, Hey, can you, can you just screen me? Um, or just, you know, give me, give me a checkup. It's not, um, you can go to the neurologist, but you don't necessarily have to rush out there. Plus you, you probably have to wait months to go see, to get an appointment with a neurologist. I'd book something with your nurse practitioner or your uh, primary care physician. Yeah, good idea. You mentioned December 1st, a big event at St. John the Evangelist in Prairieville, Louisiana, coming up uh, at 7 o'clock. Share with us what, what's taking place there. Yeah, I'm very excited that uh, Father Martin um, invited me. He and the Respect Life Committee invited me a couple of months ago to, uh, to for this date to bring this to bring this idea of, of of what is dementia and you know bringing the good the good news that can um, be around it so the title of the talk is the basics of dementia your catholic faith has prepared you for this journey and i uh that, that came to me I, I, my guardian angel gave me that about three o'clock in the morning a few <laughs> nights ago and I, and I said hey wow. I, I called him up and i said hey i need to change the title of the talk because I just felt very inspired by that by that and it's because we are going to talk about the realities of dementia and the signs of dementia and, you know, the challenges, but we're also going to talk about solutions. Uh, and we're also going to talk about how our Catholic faith, uh, the, the 2,000 years of our Catholic faith have prepared us, the saints have prepared us, the Ten Commandments, the works of mercy, spiritual works of mercy, corporal works of mercy. So we have this in our in our faith and it's so important and um it's it's just tapping into that and helping people to sort of just just, just remind them say hey yeah I, I do i do have the tools with 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 jesus with mary with what they've done and what they continue to do in our lives supernaturally we you know i can i can i can handle this journey yeah and and it's for anyone who wants to come right yes you don't have to you don't have to be caring for anyone. You could be just curious about it. Um, and, and I'm excited because I think we're going to have a wide range of people who are um, in the midst of caregiving, who feel like it's in their future, or maybe there's some signs right now. I, I even foresee uh, medical providers coming in, social workers, doctors to kind of hear because we're not because because of that faith aspect. And it's something right. that is uh, is just not it's it's not paid attention to in many offices it's something that people are uncomfortable talking about either the, the patient to the medical provider or the medical provider to say hey you know what you know what faith do you practice do you want to pray about this you know this news that you know that you just heard um so that that i think that's what makes it something unique and i think a lot of people will come out to hear yeah it. and i love the fact you're going to tie in our faith with all that uh you got a new website you want to share with us right yeah, yeah. So, um, so we have we still have dementiarosary.com, and we just um, we thought about well, we're we we focus the, the the ministry focuses on dementia for sure. That's always going to be there. But we also there's a lot of just general caregiving that we do around uh, education around aging in general. We are all going to age. All of us will not get dementia, thankfully, but all of us will age. We'll be in that situation where we're taking care of somebody, taking care of ourselves. Uh, so, so now it's also going to be CatholicAging.com. So I love it. Yeah, but and and, and I'm I'm sure it's it's faith based, right? Yes, absolutely. So we'll we'll still it's so it's um so it's CatholicAging.com, but it's also going to take you to the DementiaRosary.com, and then some of the articles are going to 
expand into everyday sort of uh, caregiving things. Um, you know, falls, for instance, falls in the home. Um, these happen whether someone's experiencing dementia or not. Yeah, so there are things that we can we can talk about getting your homes ready um, as as we age, so we can stay at home as long as it makes sense. You bet, and you can get prayer cards prints, signed books, everything your little heart desires for Christmas at that website. It'll come in handy. Matt Estrade, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. All righty, folks. It's moving right along. It's 45 after the hour on Wake Up. Tuning in to Wake Up This Morning, I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Collado. Matt Estrada with Peace with Dementia Rosary joined us just uh, before the break to talk about an event happening December 1st at St. John the Evangelist Church in Prairieville at 7 p.m. where he answers a bunch of questions regarding dementia and taking care of your loved ones. That event is on our website at ccradio.live, so you can take a look at that if you have any questions or information. I just wanted to to uh, give that to you because I know a lot of people who are actually attending this or thinking about attending. So, or if you know someone, you can let them know. Sister Gianna joins us next. She is a part of the she's a part of the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles. And today she joins us to talk about the new album called Adoration from Carmel, Eucharistic Hymns from the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles. Good morning, Sister Gianna. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. I always love talking to sisters because they're the most joyful people in the entire world. And there's, <laughs> we love, this a perfect person we want for our morning show. So tell us a little bit about this new album. Uh, I think this is a perfect Christmas gift as we get ready uh, to make our list uh, and think of something that's soothing and just brings us closer to Christ. So tell us a little bit about it. Yes. Well, it was such a joy to um, record this album here in Los Angeles in our um, chapel has it's a it's more like a church it's it has a beautiful resonant sound and so we had um, really some new amazing technology for recording music um, a Grammy award-winning classical producer came he set up all these microphones in our chapel and then for two days we recorded these songs um, you know in the presence of the blessed sacrament which the whole album's devoted to him it's really a step into our life of prayer which is centered around um, the blessed sacrament adoration mass so it's it's it was easy to do in that sense uh, because it's just it's a look into our daily life it's like the person listening to this music on the album can come and sit inside our chapel and adore the Lord with us. So it was, it was like our native environment and um, 10 sisters were singing together on this album. And um, it's such a joy also because of the National Eucharistic Revival happening. Mm -hmm. We were just yeah. beyond delighted to um, be approached by Sophia Press and and asking us to do this project, and we thought, oh, what a wonderful offering to the National Eucharistic Revival as we grow in our love for the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. 
Sister Gianna, how can the gift of music and song and chant or something like what we're going to be hearing in your album bring us closer to Christ, especially through the Eucharist? That's a good question. Music, I think we all intuitively know that it can reach very deep inside of a person. And it's a real tool of evangelization because music and song, and and I would propose especially from a group of consecrated women who are Mm -hmm. united to Jesus, um, striving for union with Jesus and to pour the fruit of that union out upon his beloved people. And so it's a very joyful way to do that through song. And so I think it removes um, some barriers that may be there if we're trying to approach somebody with a message of the gospel um, through just conversation or apologetics. But music has a way of softening the heart. Um, and, and music, of course, it has for since ancient times been connected to worship of the Blessed Sacrament because there's just nothing that approaches a worthiness for him. Um, and song, song accomplishes that. So I think it's a beautiful uh, way that we can yeah. draw close to him. Definitely. Yeah. And, and you feel like you're in heaven when you listen to something like this, um, especially when you step into an adoration chapel or a church. My question is, uh, how can we listen to it? So what format is it? I don't I don't listen to CDs anymore. I know some people do. <laughs> uh, but so how can we listen to this? Maybe if we want to give it to someone and our family or our friends as a, as a gift, maybe this Christmas. Yes. Well, you can uh, find all of the links at Sophia Music Group. Dot com, um, and, and there it will link you to places like Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble for all of the digital streaming. Um, yes. And, and you can get the physical CD, but yes, it, it is kind of phasing <laughs> out. <laughs> That's okay. Yes, I'm all about streaming music and streaming everything. But tell us a little bit about your order. So you are part of the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles. Tell our listeners who maybe are not familiar with your order a little bit about what you guys do. Sure. Yes, we are, uh, I like to say, a unique uh, brand of Carmel, or family of Carmel, I should say, <laughs> because our, our way of life is um, rooted in Carmelite spirituality of St. Teresa of Avila um, and in the gospel living, and our charism, or the gift given to our community to give to the world, is uniting the contemplative nature of Carmel with active apostolic works. Uh, in service to the church. And so we, we serve in different capacities in um, education, retreat work, and health care to the elderly. So we live the Carmelite uh, devotion to prayer. We're spending four hours at least of our day in prayer and then also have our works of service. Wow. Well, Sister Gianna, uh, part of the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but I I do want to say one more time, where can one maybe purchase the new album, Adoration from Carmel, Eucharistic Hymns from the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles? Where can they go to purchase this, whether it's streaming or physical copy? If you go on the website for Sophia Press, who produced their album, it's uh, Sophia music group 
www.ncpsoundcloud.com and you'll, you'll find all the li links there to where you can get the physical CD or digital streaming. And all of the uh, proceeds, of course, support our, our apostolic works in the church. So we're very grateful for the support. Absolutely. And, and will, they, will, will there be more albums in the future? Oh, I don't know. God, <laughs> I guess God knows. Um, <laughs> nothing in the works right now. Uh, but we'll see what, how the Holy Spirit inspires. Yeah. Who knows? We may see you on the stage at the Grammy Awards next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be something, wouldn't it? That would be a first for sure. <laughs> well, we're so close Thank to you Hollywood so here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sister Gianna, thank you so much for being with us today. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. God bless you all. Absolutely. I you. have a family member who loves listening to spiritual chant or spiritual mm. music, especially as they prepare for adoration or mass. So I'm thinking this is a perfect Christmas gift for that person who might be listening. So I'm not going to yeah. see who. Um, but yeah, <laughs> their voices great. are so it. beautiful. They don't need any instrumentation behind them in most cases. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, I'm glad there's some acapella on the uh, on the album. <laughs> it's going to be uh, worth listening to. All right. Well, what a great show, and glad you were able to join us. We're going to wrap up uh, this morning with an ancient Marian hymn. And believe it or not, I got it from the label from the Regina Cigars that they gave out oh, cool. at Catholic Man Night. There's a prayer yeah. on every label, so here's one of them. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. We turn to you for protection, Holy Mother of God. Listen to our prayers and help us in our needs. Save us from every danger, glorious and blessed Virgin Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have author Dr. Peter Kwasniewski joins us to talk about the Catholic Roman Rite. Dr. Tom Neal from Notre Dame Seminary joins us. Johnny Abair and Peter Finney with the Clarion Herald in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Have a wonderful Tuesday. God bless. Wake up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.